nothing specific with Trevor David Houchin down in Florida, Gainesville, Florida, home of the University of Florida Fighting Gators, of which I am an alumni. I think I graduated in 1994, I think. I started I started at UF like around 1986. And it took me eight years to get my degree. I there was this one class <clears throat> that I failed over and over. I think I failed it like four times. The it was a law class actually. It was the final class that I needed to get my bachelor of science, my BS, my BS. <laughs> um, it was a law class, law of mass communication, and law is a very different animal than journalism. You know, um, and I just could not remember all the precedents, the dates, the years, the, um, you know, the combatants in the courtroom, you know, the the plaintiffs and the defendants, and then the uh, precedents that were set. And, you know, I couldn't remember and I just kept failing the class. So finally, I gave up. I gave up. And then I went down to go visit my grandmother here in Florida matter of fact down in a place called Port Charlotte Florida it's like southwest Florida and right before she died she said to me she she admonished me that I should get my degree that I should finish she would ask me all the time every time I saw her you finish yet you finish yet she's Jamaican Trevor you finish yet you get your degree yet and I would have to say no I couldn't lie to her so finally before she died she said Get the degree, Trevor. Get finished. Finish the school. So I took a correspondence course. And <clears throat> I did it. I did it in like six months. And I went back to UF, got my BS degree. And now it's hanging on the wall on my porch in Atlanta. Japan Pimp, what's going on, man? Trevor, that's an interesting story. You know, they often say we fail our way really is that is that a is that a saying i don't know if i've heard that yeah yeah that's a saying well i don't know I, I, in my case i've i've failed most of my life but I, uh, after a while uh, I, I learned things i'm just relaxing at home now with the family and uh in my room and, and, and you may hear some commotion here and there we you know we have three small kids uh two eight and ten and the wife is out there um facilitating everyone and doing her thing you know you brought up i didn't mean to go in this direction but you brought something up i've been having a marco polo conversation you know what marco polo is i know the game that you play in the swimming pool yeah there's an app there's an app called marco polo and it's essentially just a video app it's 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 a recording app where you can leave messages for whomever like you and i could leave messages and it'd be a video message that's all it's the they whatsapp i know you know that one whatsapp yeah yeah that one has the same feature so marco polo is strictly these video apps and i was having a marco polo conversation with a friend of mine the last couple days we were talking about the definition of success he lives in los angeles um he's lived there for quite a while And um, we were talking about the definition of success. And for him, 
At the beginning of the conversation, his definition of success revolved strictly around money, you know, and actually his entire premise was that without money, there can be no success. The, the only way to get success or be successful is to, have, <clears throat> is to have money. And then also beyond that, to have the material blessings or the material, uh, the material aspect of, you know, cars and houses you know, things to show for the money. That's what the definition of success is for him. Um, But that's not what the definition of success is for me. And, you know, I, I, my, my, my whole line of reasoning was, okay, well, that's fine for you. If you, if that's what you think is success, but not everybody thinks success in those terms. And we had a pretty, um, he did back and forth, man, because he, he, he wouldn't let go of his idea that um, success equals money and money equals success. And th- th- there is no other, you know, arbiter. There is no other standard other than financial when you're talking about success. Well, what is your view of success? Well, I what I told him was, and this is what I I guess I believe, is like, if I conceive of a project, right? If I conceive a project in my mind, okay, I'm going to record some music. I'm, I'm going to create an event. I'm going to publish a magazine. These are things that I've done, right? You remember my magazine in Japan, in Nagoya. Um, So these are ideas that I had that I brought into fruition. I did them. I did it. You know, at first I conceived it. However I conceived it, whether writing it in a notebook or just imagining it over a period of time to the point where you have imagined it enough, you know what it is, you know how to, and you know how to put it together. So go ahead and put it together. So then once I've put that thing together that I imagined for me, that's success for me so you're a creator I mean listen there's readers and there's writers Um, most people are readers they like to consume stuff that is created they like to enjoy stuff that is created and you are a creator you get satisfaction and fulfillment out of creating something And, and, and people enjoying what you create are you enjoying what you create yeah, that's what I think. You know, that's what I dig. That is what I dig. Like, I enjoy <clears throat> I enjoy thinking of an idea and then thinking it out enough, writing it down on paper, putting pieces of the puzzle together, whatever those pieces may be. Like, if I'm putting together an event, you know, I've got to find the venue. I've got to name the event. I've got to decide the schedule of what it will take place during the event. I've got to promote the event. You know, I've got to do all these things to make my event even real, let alone successful, like in terms of a lot of people coming and making a lot of money. I've just got to create it and, and, and put it out, take it outside of, take it outside from the inside of me. And once I've done that, 
I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. Like, you know, I guess I have a track record of going different places. Like you, like, you know, you and I met each other in Japan and, you know, we were both doing certain things in Japan in the moment to the best of our ability. You know, you were having events. I was having events. You know, you were married. I was married. We, you know, we were trying to do our things to the best of our ability. And I feel like based on what I tried to do in Japan in comparison to what I did do, I feel like I had a really successful experience in Japan. So there's that word again, successful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was a very fertile place, fertile place for people of that mindset, of that character. If you if you were a foreigner in Japan and you had that that sort of ambition, that sort of self-actualization where, where you're, you <coughs> take something from inside and you actualize it, uh, there's tons of opportunity in Japan for that because most Japanese people, by, by default, are not like that. Yeah, um, they, they don't they're, have... They're just waiting for that person to come along and exactly. do something so that they can enjoy it. Exactly. That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. I think, you know, and that's something I think people really don't know about Japan. And that something is, it's not particular, it's not the most entrepreneurial country in the world, which makes no. it... Which makes it really fantastic for people who are entrepreneurs, because like you said, you go there and make something, they're into it. They'll support it. Right. They're into it. You know, I, you know my definition of success is, is, I guess, kind of along those lines. You know, my parents were hippies, so you know I'm going to come up with some thin bullshit you know, about my definition of success, but, um, when I was, I would say now in the frame of mind, frame of mind I'm in today, my definition of success is just giving back to the universe. Sure, so man. What have I done? What have I done to give back to the universe instead of just taking? When I was younger, I was just taking. It was all about me. Sure. Take, take, take. take. And now sure. I'm older, I'm like, you know what? Let me plant some trees. Uh, let, let me try to be a good steward of the earth yeah. and like try to leave it in a better place because in the grand scheme of things, our planet is insignificant in the expanse of the universe, let alone our minds, <laughs> you know, let alone, and, and it's kind of like, I've been really tripping on this recently, our minds, we have these massive brains, that, you know, comparatively to our body size and everything, super <laughs> horsepower engines that are completely overpowered for what we use them for. You know what we use our minds for 99% of the time? Eating, fucking, sleeping, and like, and, and that's like 90% of our brain right there. Uh, why are these minds super overpowered if, if they're just doing, if we're just using it for those basic things? Man, that's such a great question. You know, I, I think about that topic pretty often bro like I, I you know that's uh, you know I spend there's a case to be made that like I spend most of my time trying not to succumb to that because all those things eating sleeping fucking whatever 
all those things require almost no introspection, you know, almost. We're good with a reptilian brain. Right. It happens. It all that stuff happens autonomously. So what do what what do you do with the stuff with with the brain power that you're not, you know, that that you're not using? I mean. You know, so so success for you is trying to figure out how to return something to the universe that has given you so much. That doesn't sound particularly financial. No, no, not at all. I, I mean, I mean, when I, I, I've never, I've never thought that success equals equals uh, money, and and I've always thought pe- people that feel that way are just, you, you know, I, I don't share those same values. I mean. You know, uh, yeah, it's all about being a good person. It's all about, at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, do you, do you, are, are there people that are going to remember you as someone who was loving and caring and supportive and a good father and a good <laughs> husband and a good friend and, and did things to make the world or the universe better? Or are they going to think, oh, man, that dude died with, like, tons of cash. Right. You know, it's like, I, you know, I don't know. Right, yeah. I... I... I don't know either, bro. You know, I I don't know either. All I can do really is like speak for me, you know, and I, I and I and I'm also a person for whom money has never been a high 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 priority. Now listen, I want to get paid as much as anybody else. I want millions of dollars and financial security within myself, you know, to allow me freedom for the rest of my life. I I'd like to have all those things. But when I'm creating something, like when I'm making something, writing something, I'm not thinking about dollar signs or money or how this thing might get money. I don't know how to equate suddenly thinking of an idea for a song, song lyrics or writing a poem. I don't know how how to equate that to dollar signs. Especially when the transmission is coming through, like when the when when the creation is coming through, how do you think about dollar signs at the same time? I don't know how to do that. No, no, it's it's almost impossible. It's like you start thinking about dollar signs, and that kind of messes up the whole, you, you know, uh, 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 expression. You know, uh, expressing your your inner self outward with some kind of um, you know, process and completion. You know, if you start thinking about money and dollars during that process, it's like it becomes fake. It's not you. What is the most creative thing that you have done this year, 2020? What do you think is the most purely creative thing you have done or moment you have experienced or expression you feel, you know, for you? Is there something in 2020 that you feel like is really, really an expression of pure creativity from yourself? Uh, two things. Um, one, I write some some articles on LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn is a business network that where <laughs> business people keep in touch. Of course. And, and I write blogs on LinkedIn, uh, and that's just my own thoughts in the moment. I'll wake up at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning with something in my head that's just scratching. I'm like, you know what? I got to get this down and I got to say it. And, 
you, you know, is so I, you know that's that's a creative outlet for me. Uh, another creative outlet is just farting around, you know, my land. I, I got some acres over here in Washington, and I go down there and do things on the property. I'll build a build a fence, and then people are like, "Dude, that's a crazy ass fence." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's gonna keep the elk and deer out." And I built a fence that no one's seen before, and I just if it makes sense, I just do it. I don't, I'm not building a wood fence. It's made with, with cables that I found at a cable store in Seattle. And the dudes were like, yeah, we've got this old cable. It's all rusted out, but it can hold 15,000 pounds. And I like ran all these cables, you know, surrounded the property and then put some, some metal grid and tied them to the cables and then all this shit. You, you know, if they're like eight, 10 foot high and everything and, and, and then a little garden shed planting some trees and you know just kind of making my own little space in a way that works with the land and you know putting trees in the dirt and you know taking care of the earth that way but I don't know that it, it's being creative with my mind and hands and uh, when it comes to writing and actually building things um, that's I get a lot of enjoyment from that that's hot bro I really, really admire. What about you? What is your what 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 would you say are your are your pinnacles for 2020? Well, I wrote Creative this. Pinnacle. I wrote this um, Grandmaster Flash script. Okay. That that's. I've I've you know I've been working on that project. It's a it's an ongoing project to get to <clears throat> to get to um where I want it to be, which is, you know, a film. I, I want to actually produce this film. I want to get, I want to get some money for this film. Um, I wrote it. So, you know, I'm, I, I've been going back and forth with Flash and his management team for the past three or four months, contracts and stuff. To me, that's my biggest. No, no. Yeah. For, for people who don't write, like writing is a grueling process especially once you get past um a certain point you know if you're writing a short blog or a little thing that's a few thousand words you know but you start writing books you know novellas or novels or scripts and these things are like you know that uh, you you have to engineer you know everything um i, I mean was it a, was it more of a it, did you start out kind of like hey this is a creative outlet for me and I, I want to do this and did it, then did it turn into a grueling thing and you know like what was it like writing this it was grueling bro <clears throat> it was it was grueling but it was also a lot of fun <clears throat> um there were times there were a lot of different emotions like there were times where i would write one sentence a day like one line a day um, just one, you know, for weeks, for weeks, just one line. But then there would be other moments of like, I can't describe it any other way than, have you ever heard the word, the word autotelic? No. I think, I think autotelic means, you know, it's again, you know, new agey, new agey kind of stuff, but like, it's when you write or do something unconsciously 
like like it's it's like you're not really a hundred percent aware how what is happening is happening for example there were there were times where I'd be watching another movie in fact for weeks I, I in fact the best part of my script I wrote while I was watching something else on Netflix and just happened to have my computer in front of me and would just type stuff like I, my, my fingers would sort of autonomously on their own type dialogue type pages and pages of stuff while I was watching other different movies I can remember writing like 30 pages like that and then going back and reading it again and going, when did you write this, Trevor? How did you write this? Now, was it because what you were watching, what your mind was taking in was putting you in a certain space? I had satur- consciously or subconsciously. I had saturated myself with images of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five based on their music and videos and interviews and books. I had saturated myself with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five sporadically, sporadically one could say since I was like 14 years old, but intensely in the last six or seven or eight or nine months. For some reason, I guess, when COVID hit, Grandmaster Flash's music provided me, like, a certain attachment to the earth. So I just started listening to his to, 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 to some of his music and some of their music, and then I would, I would watch music videos. You know, I'd be like, yeah, I want to see a video now after just listening to it and then I would like research more and more just go deeper and deeper into the wormhole of Flash and the Furious Five and I just saturated my mind with it then I would watch another movie and my the images and sounds that I had saturated my mind with came out automatically on the paper on the on the not the paper but you know on my keypad it, the images that were saturated in my mind just came out automatically while I was watching other movies and then when I was watching these other movies watching the other movies taught me how to write fade you know smash cut um, you know segue do you understand what I'm saying? Also, I had some, obviously, I've got some experience as an actor, you know, having read a lot of scripts, but watching the movies sort of just helped me to write my movie, and the writing of my movie kind of happened automatically. I don't know any other way to put it. Yeah, no, I know that. When, 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 I, I can understand. When I write, um, it, uh, sometimes I'll purposely put on certain songs and loop them and and um, it puts me in a certain mood and it makes my writing consistent it actually just listening to a certain type of music or or specific 
uh, recordings and looping them causes my mind to flow and then I just get it down on paper and it like helps me connect everything and it, it helps keep a certain energy um, through that through that work yeah because you've you've saturated your space your brain with that music so when that music comes on again it signals certain emotions and pictures and stuff that you've got stored in your mind attached to that music it signals that part of your brain to release you know those images those memories those old smells those old feelings you know whatever those same kinds of word those same words and that's a great way to um you know you know how can i <laughs> it's a great way to like self manipulate you know what i'm saying if you decide oh, for sure yeah for sure if for you sure. decide you want to be in a certain mood you go get a certain kind of music if you decide you want to be in a spirit oh, yeah. a spiritual mood you go get a certain music if you decide you want to be in like a lost lover kind of mood you know exactly. you, you can you can definitely do that man and that that's super interesting because what that does of course is open the door to music being the opposite of sort of manipulation or maybe not the opposite but what it does is it opens the door to music the healing power of music you know or the strengthening power of music or the you know the the i don't know um whatever kind of emotion that you you think you need you can you can find in music and you can kind of store it away in different files but they're all kind of music files yeah i, I think writers just do that intentionally anyway if, if it's not music they go to a place a physical place i'm going to go to the cabin at the lake to write about this certain thing i'm gonna go to the city like hustly bustly like downtown whatever london to write about this thing i'm going to go to a jail to write about this thing i mean you know when you write you kind of have to you have to put your mind in a certain place um in order to get out what you're trying to get out right absolutely so trevor we're both uh married men you know, our wives are getting Why is it always a struggle to get a kiss? Well, you turned a hard left. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, I, and it it really, really is, man. Just a little kiss from my wife is a, a tremendous ordeal. And what it does, I don't know what it does if it does this for you, but what it does for me is it really, 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 really makes me want that kiss really bad (laughs) (laughs) the challenge is on man oh man I mean I don't know you know I I, you know I, I don't know I don't I don't know why you know do you think Japanese wives and that is a very particular category I'm not saying Japanese girls I'm not saying Japanese women I'm saying the the select group of Japanese women who are married. So Japanese wives. Do you think Japanese wives are are asexual? I don't know. Before I answer that, let me try to steal a kiss. 
shit. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm walking. I'm walking. Are you going to try to get a kiss from your wife? I'm going to try to steal one right now. All right, let's see. Um, let's 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 hear yeah, what happens. Yeah, we have the we have the Oyasumi Oyasumi Chua Oyasumi Chua Chua Oyasumi Ah, Oh man, I'm getting pushed away. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you know, like she, I, let me, I bet you, I bet you your wife kind of looked at you like you were a Martian, like, like you were out of your mind, like, <laughs> she, looked, she looked at me like, what is this nigger doing? Right. Like, 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 like I'm sitting at the table, I'm on my computer, she gave me the crazy guy, like, what? And she even pissed. Right. Like, what? What? Right. Like, exactly. You know, like like a kiss, a, a, a random <laughs> kiss. You you think yeah. you want a random kiss? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? No, 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 no! Stop! Stop! I, you know I don't think they're asexual. It's just it's, it's hey, can we face it? Hey, listen, can we face it? Just can we face it, uh, Japan pimp? It's us. It's just us. It's is it? I, it's us. It's us because we fucked up. Uh, <laughs> if I if, if I knew any better, I would have went to South Korea. Shit. Really? Um, is it, are, are know, South Korean women different? Dude, way different, man. It's the Korean culture is they're more boisterous, they're more gregarious, they're more emotional. They're every Korean, not every Korean goodbye, but I've talked to many Korean guys who are married to Korean women. And, and I'm not talking American Korean. I'm talking about Korean Korean. Fucking Anya Haseol, you know, stuff. They, um, and they complain to me. You know what they complain about? What? Their wife wants too much sex. Wow, interesting. She wants it, like, twice a day. Well, you know what? Yeah, but... You want to hear something crazy? One of my students, you know, I taught a bunch of Korean students in at Los Angeles. I had... The, the majority of my students at um, the college I worked there were Korean. And I remember one girl, she was tall, she's really pretty, tall, really pretty Korean girl and could speak really good English, was really cool, enjoyed, you know, she, she liked American music. She didn't hang out too, too, too exclusively with Koreans. She seemed, you know, uncharacteristically, you know, open to just, you know, uh, outside of the Korean race, Koreans, in my experience, date Koreans very exclusively, but she didn't. Point being, one day, she let it slip in class that she and her boyfriend have sex eight times a day, and she was, she was probably at this time around 23, 24, and she let slip that her and her boyfriend had sex eight times a day at least, sometimes ten, and that's what she liked. She, she liked it. She liked it up in that number, and she made it very clear. She didn't imply that that was that that, that my shock at that was crazy for her. She was like, "Of course, of course, me and my boyfriend have sex like eight times a day." Then she counted it out. She's like, "Well, we do it when we wake up. As soon as we wake up, then maybe we have something to eat." 
then then we do it again then maybe we sleep a little then we wake up then we do it again then maybe we go out to dinner then we come back then we do it again then maybe we watch tv then we do it again then maybe we go to sleep that's how many times is that that's what she said to me He's not nutting every time. That's impossible. It must be like, it must be some Chinese thing. I was like, I was dating a few Chinese chicks, you know, when I was in Japan, and they were like, you know, uh, men don't come in China. It's like they'll do it and they'll get close to it, but then they'll stop and hold back because some something to do with the body or something like that. So they'll do it like, you know, two three times a day or whatever, but they won't nut. And I'm like, let me ask you a question. Like, okay. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a serious question. You know, that's, that's, it's so, so, so interesting for me. Do you think that's healthy? Do you think that that's, that's... No, not at all. No, no, no. Because you know, you know Japan, Pimp. You know there's a very, very, um, what can I say? Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's all over the internet. You know, it's it's viral. This this talk of semen retention, this this no, whole no, semen retention movement. You know, guys who are, you know, whether or not they're not masturbating or they're not having sex or when they do have sex, they're not allowing themselves to, you know, ejaculate. Can I mean three no. times a day? And you, you you what you bring yourself to the point of almost, and then you just stop three times no, a day. No, that is some bullshit. You're going to get prostate cancer. Period. I don't. That, well, we, we were talking earlier. You were saying a doctor was saying, some scientist was saying, a guy's got to nut 21 times a, a month. 21 right? times so a month. To, uh, to that, keep his prostate healthy. That's that's a doctor. A doctor research study came to the conclusion that for men to keep their prostate gland. Uh, healthy to keep that prostate healthy they need to have sex or ejaculate 21 times a month but let me tell you something the study did not just say ejaculate that's not what it said it said have sex now you know that to me having sex means implies a partner you know it's not just ejaculation the study said have sex so you know Say what you will. But that's implying that the, what, what, the, um, I'm sure, no, I'm not so sure, but I'm guessing by saying sex 21 times a month, it's implied that you're going to ejaculate in the act of doing sex. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not like you're going to hold off 14 of those 21 times. No, the, those 21 times are based on, you know, the biological re- reaction that men have during sex, which is, you know, orgasm, ho- you know, hopefully coupled with ejaculation. That's what that's what we do when we have sex. That's how we determine having had sex. So each tw- each of those 21 times is an ejaculation, which brings me again back to these Chinese guys that you say are having sex three times a day and they're not they're not finishing you know what is is that healthy bro I don't know man um, I, I, I can't I have a hard opinion on that a strong opinion and it is it is not healthy I mean that's like I'm trying to think of a good illustration in my head and I just can't it, it's kind of like wanting to sneeze 
and then not being able to sneeze. And there's health benefits when you get it, when you have a good sneeze. Absolutely. Um, I don't, uh, uh, and, and there's all kinds of health benefits when you are intimate, sexually intimate with your partner, skin on skin, multiple times a week. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Oh my God. been done about this where you're exchanging hormones and all this shit and your body chemistries, you, you know, get in sync and all this stuff and you're more relaxed, you're healthier, your, your, your chance of cancer and heart attack and all this stuff go down. There's all these health benefits and people, um, you, you know, there's a reason men and women and are, are just humans are designed to have that massive part of their brain that want to intimate with other people and logic fights that you know it goes back to your whole are Japanese women asexual no they just overthink it it's like it, uh, it, I think my wife sums it up well my wife is brutally honest which is one of the reasons I married her but I asked her she sucked my dick one time one time since we've, we've been married 10 years it happened once when we were dating um, at my apartment in Japan, and um, you know, years later, I, I always ask her, you know, uh, just just to mess with her. How come you only suck my dick one time? And every time she tells me the same thing, that was my job. What I was trying to get you. That was my job. I was trying to get you. And I said, I said, listen, how come you only held my hand one time? She also held my hand one time when we were dating and I said well why did you hold my hand that one time because that's what dating couples are supposed to do but we're married now and we have kids and that's not my job anymore wow. she said that and so, I'm just like I, I just can't have anything but respect for that answer sure man I guess so I mean you know you, you, you gotta respect the person who's gonna be as like you said use your words as brutally honest as she's being she she did her job she did it that once what do you expect what are you out of your mind you want to you expect like it regularly or more often no i this is you know i just did this thing to please you completely i get no pleasure from it whatsoever you know it isn't it isn't something that i enjoy it's just something i did because i i feel like i i had to do it i did it it's over but how do you she go had to do it how do you go she, was, she said she wanted to get married so it was her it was her job to do that in order to get married but now she's married she doesn't have to do it right right so what are you supposed to do like what what if you just so happen to want some oral sex on any given night like what what are you supposed I mean, to do or just drop the word oral you know, that is the plight of a many Japanese men. And, and you know, living in Japan, how many times have we heard Japanese men complain over beers or whatever that the, uh, their wives just don't give it up anymore? There's a reason that there's love hotels everywhere. There's a reason all kinds of married people mess around, men and women. A lot of them are just in sexless marriages, too. Why does it go that route, though? What what happens? What 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 happens? What happens to to to, to turn them off sexually, or to tame them, or to for their whole sexual 
whatever to be so uh to become so i don't even know what the word unattainable um you know asexual almost like i said you know weirdly weirdly like uh unaffectionate business first you know with them it's business first they overthink it so it's kind of like well maybe maybe overthinking is not the word but they're very um 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 methodical about what they do maybe that's not the best word that's uh, a good word that's a good word you know uh, they they have yeah, not no. they have not factored that 20 30 40 minutes of sex that you want they have not factored that into their lives and for you to ask for you to like suddenly feel amorous and sexual and to suddenly like try to you know you know, surprise your your wife with a little bit of sexual desire. She's going to react to you like, "What are you doing? I, I, you, th- you know, this is not something we can do spontaneously, and we don't do this regularly." And cut it out, cut it out. It's a sense, yeah, you know. It's, it's that. It's that, but it's also, you know, Japanese people don't get married for the same reasons Mexicans do or Americans do. Or, or whoever these romantic other countries are, and and they're not they're not getting into relationships with emotions running high, and you want to bunny fuck all day long. They're not getting into it like that. They're getting into like, okay, you're a good match. I'm looking for someone to to you know to have to marry and have a good social appearance, mm-hmm. right? Because society expects me to get married before thirty. Society and my family expects me to have a normal life, a house a car etc let me find a dude who is who, who's going to help me do these things oh you know what and you know what i got to we're dating so i have to suck his dick and have some sex with him sometimes but you know once we're married we're done and um and you know we i have fulfilled my goal um i'm not um i didn't marry this dude I didn't get with him. Uh, well, Mary, I didn't marry this dude because, um, it, you know, the, uh, for for sexual intimacy and uh, that sort of stuff. I married him to to fill a uh, to help me fulfill my um, standing before society. And um, it's it's a job, man. It's just a checklist, like. And and so the sexual stuff and all that stuff that happens before you get married, they're doing that with 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 the intent to eventually marry but once you marry that part of the job is finished and then they move on to the part of the job where it's taking care of the house and making sure the husband has some food and making sure his ass can go to work and um bring home that paycheck and she'll get the paycheck and give the husband an allowance and then they and then the kids and then just the responsibilities and the mantra of that um, life that they want to portray to society, um, just handling that and maintaining that becomes their priority, not making their husband happy. Sure, sure, that's absolutely right, bro. That's you, you, you know, that's absolutely right. Um, and and knowing knowing that, you know, you we know that now. Would you, if you divorced your wife, and I don't I don't want to wish you any divorce. Uh, vibrations. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying at all. But should 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 that happen? Would you marry another Japanese woman? Would you marry again? 
you know, this is the really, uh, and I know I shouldn't be swearing so much, but this is Japan Pip, and I just can't help it. Um, I know it's really fucked up, but one side of me really um, struggles with the um, prescriptiveness of the mindset, you know, of my wife, the methodical, the prescriptiveness, there's how analytical she is about things and all that stuff. Um, and, but then there's this other side of her that just really doesn't give a fuck. She's just like, whatever, I don't care. Go go, go get a girlfriend and come home before midnight. I don't really care. Whatever, just give me your money. I don't care where you go. Oh, you want to do this? Whatever. Oh, you want to have sex with me tonight? Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, she's just like, she doesn't care. Um, and part of it, but, but our marriage is good. I kind of like that don't give a fuck attitude that that she has as long as she's getting hers her end of the her end of the bargain from this relationship she really doesn't care what i do and she gives me tons of freedom and i you know sometimes I, you know i like to talk to you and complain about it and all that stuff but the other side of me is like i actually appreciate that and i actually think i would i would miss it because she's not in my business she's not emotional she's indifferent about many things She's passionless, and I can just kind of do whatever I want. I can pursue my own passions, whatever I want, and then I just have this stable thing to come home to every day that just is always there. Bro, I so understand what you're saying. I completely concur with everything that you just said. You know, my wife and I don't have a contract like you and your wife do, do, which, which... contractually allows you to go out and date other women we don't have that we don't have a written you know manifesto that 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 met you know that dictates that i'm allowed to do that but basically in my relationship it seems i find i have a lot of freedom to basically do whatever i want to you know um go wherever i want leave whenever i want come home whenever i want my wife is never in my business. She never asks me about my phone. She never really, never really, really, really digs too deep into where were you. And I, you know, usually I wasn't any place, you know, bad. But she doesn't, you know, no, no matter what I do, she's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. And like you said, the word indifferent. She's pretty indifferent. But, but um, why is she? The reason she is is because she's getting what she wants out of the deal, right? She knows you're not going anywhere. She uh, she likes she likes the, the the standing of your relationship before society, you, you know what uh, the, the appearance of things. She, you know, as, as long as all that's up kept, you know, kept up and um, and, and maintained, she she's good. She's getting what she wants. Agreed. You know, agreed. But you know what? You know what's interesting though. It's because you didn't marry a Gaijin hunter. And what? You, wait, you wait, wait, wait a second. You got to define Gaijin hunter. Okay, Gaijin hunter are those quote-unquote alternative Japanese chicks that, that want nothing more than a foreign man. And, and they, they just chase after foreign guys in Japan. They're like, oh my God, are you a foreigner? They latch on to you. And they're, they're usually pretty good speaking English. They're usually, you know, heavily interested in 
one or a couple of different types of cultures. You have the Australian gaijin hunters that love Australian whatever. Of UK gaijin hunters that are all about the UK. Um, you, you know, whatever their whatever their particular flavor is. You know, Brazilian, South American, whatever. And um, they actually go out of their way to not act Japanese, to not conform, to act like a foreign woman. And oftentimes, you know, living in Japan as long as we did, when you talk to guys that have married gaijin hunters, they might as well just married a, a woman from their own country because they they, they, they get, um, they, they react and behave very similar to um, Western, Western women. And marrying, I'm, I'm going to use the word authentic, marrying an authentic Japanese woman, she's going to behave as if you're a Japanese dude she married. It's just like, nigger, go to work, bring home my paycheck, my paycheck, I'll give you a beer allowance every month, do your thing, I don't care, come home before the last train, you know you're not divorcing, you know we're right. keeping up this, 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 right. this lifestyle, right. I'm good, I'm good, I'm solid, I'm stable, I'm secure, and then the term they use, Anshinto Anzen, right? Safe and secure. I'm with Trevor. I'm Anshinto Anzen. It's all good. Whatever. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate it though, man. I appreciate it. Like another word that you used, another interesting word, passionless. You know, and this is, um, you know, if you go to, if you were to say to somebody, hey, you know, the woman I'm dating or the person I'm dating is passionless, chances are really good that that person is going to be like, oh my God, why do you want that? Why do you want someone with no passion? You know, passion is a really, really, really important virtue. You know, uh, it's, it's a high, it's high on our Western list of character traits. If a person has a lot of passion, we respect that a lot. And we think that's very attractive and we think it's very admirable, you know, to be very passionate. Oh, I'm so passionate. You know, the thing is, Westerners want to be passionate about 25 different things. They, you know, they, they, they want to be passionate about everything. And they don't see the benefit in having someone who isn't quite so passionate. Life is just so much easier so much more peaceful life is just so much more so much less dramatic so much more stable so much more not melodramatic you know your wife is never ever going to be in a really really hot mood about anything every time you see her she's going to basically be in the same mood you know, or everything is cool. Everything is all right. You know, and it's just, it can be, it it's just so very peaceful, man. A relationship. That's something that I admire and love about relationships with these Japanese women, a relationship yeah. with a Japanese woman over a period of time becomes so very peaceful. It's so peaceful. It's so stable. It can be so nourishing. It can be so nourishing depending on all kinds of things. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if your wife is a great cook, you know, if she's cool to cook dinner every night and she makes you a nice meal every night 
and she's really cool and peaceful to get along with, it can be such a nourishing experience. No, it is that, you know, I have, I have dated, you know, women from Mexico, women from Korea, and women from, you know, all kinds of places, and, and these passionate women, you know, I dated a couple of Japanese women who were extremely passionate. When I say passionate, I mean highly emotional. Yeah. You have the super highs, and you have the super lows, yeah. and it is volatile. When yeah. it's good, it's off the chart. It's like crazy good. Right. When it's bad, oh my God, you're not eating. You're losing right. weight. It's terrible. You sleep. You're ready to go smash someone over the head with yeah. a baseball bat. Like, like, like I can't, I, you, you know, you're ready to go out there and murk people, right? Yeah. I can't handle that shit, and I don't want to come home one day with a note on the table, and I got small kids. Uh, with a note on the table that says, I don't love you anymore, I'm bouncing with Sancho. Right. And I'm like, I can't handle that. I just want to come home to yeah. a quiet house, yeah. have myself a beer, you know, have a quiet conversation, and, and I get that from this. It's just stable. It's, and, and I think that's the reason I was attracted to my wife, because I was just coming off of a highly volatile, highly emotional relationship the most highs highs I've ever had and the most low lows I've ever had and I was just looking for zero drama and she ticked all those boxes sure man that's what it is you know that's that's such a and you know let's be honest um, the older you get the more stability peace harmony you know um, you know what can I say like I want to say functional unity within the duality. What I mean by that is like, you know, like you said, each person playing their role. And you know, you know you can count on your wife to do X, Y, Z as long as you do A, B, C. So as long as you do A, B, C, you know X, Y, Z is going to be taken care of. And what that does is... It, it frees you up to not have to worry about, you know, X, Y, Z. Somebody else has, exactly. somebody else has their eyes on X, Y, Z. And, you know, that type of person, you know, um, you know, because of the culture, you know, because of Japanese culture, that because of their emphasis on the value of duty, because of their emphasis on the value of duty and responsibility, you, coupled with if you don't do your duty and responsibility, you suffer shame. And you know that shame is a horrible emotion to deal with in Japan. So you know that your wife is going to do her duty. And you can count on that and rely, the, rely, rely on that. And that creates just a really, really stable, peaceful atmosphere. Let me run a theory by you. Um, you know how it, it, it's just Japanese culture to be extremely concerned and caring of another person. You want to care for their feelings. You don't want you don't want to do anything that would strain another person's feelings or make them feel bad. So you go out of your way to care about the feelings for other people. That, that's just what they do in Japan. They go over the top on that stuff, right? Absolutely. Without question, bro. Oh, okay. Now, 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 consider this. You know how you see couples in Japan, sometimes, oftentimes the younger couples, 
and the woman is just treating the man like shit. Like, here, hold my bag, bitch. You know, come over here, do my thing. Like, hold my jacket. And she's just kind of like, and and, and then she may, like, say something rude about him in front of her friends. Oh, this idiot over here. And he's, like, scratching his head, like, hey, uh, you know, Soka, you know what I mean? And she, like, she's, she's almost being disrespectful to the guy. But what's interesting is she does that to show others that she's that close to him that she can actually treat him like shit. And, and but because she, she has to treat everyone else with with manners and politeness and super caring, but this one person over here, man, yeah, like she can just treat him like trash. But that actually shows people that they're actually really close. So my theory is, what if our wives actually are indifferent to us because they're so they spend so much of their energy being being um, concerned and caring for others that we're the only people they can be indifferent to um, because we're so close to them and so they actually it's actually a a relief for them or a recharge when they're indifferent to us because it's the only time they can be indifferent that man you know what that is a beautiful beautiful theory bro that first of all that just makes me feel better because you know you just enlightened me to the fact that the fact that my wife isn't overly affectionate loving sexual attentive you know she, she, she the fact that she's indifferent suggests that she is in relaxed mode she's she's not right. having to put on air exactly. she's not having to put Her on anything down. Her hair's down. She's like, she's like, nigger, I'm worn out, nigger. I, I'm super concerned and caring about everyone all the time, and you're the only person I cannot give a fuck with. You know, and and respect that motherfucker. Respect that shit. Re- yes, yes. Res- respect the fact that you know I let my hair down with you, but you know, getting a kiss, getting an you know an unprovoked, unscheduled, un <laughs> you know un un uh, unprepared for a kiss. Like, are you crazy? Can't you see what I'm doing? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, man, listen, you know, um, I'm going to go inside and, and I'm going to try to get a kiss from my wife. You know, um, lately what I've been doing is just trying to have her sit down on my lap, which she seems to... Cu- <laughs> She seems to kind of like that. She'll come and she'll sit on my lap, like put her back to me, and then I get to kiss her back, which I really like to do. I don't know if she likes it or not. I don't know if she's just tolerating it or not, but I, it feels good to me because she at least sits there. She'll sit there for 60 seconds and let me kiss her back. And oh, I, 60 seconds? That's huge, man. That's my huge. Wife won't even come sit on me. I kind of like force her. It's like, come here. Come here, I want to talk to you. And like every time she knows it's a trick too. Come here, I want to talk to you. Come here, I'm like, I, got, I want to talk about shopping tomorrow, grocery shopping. Look, we got to make the list, you know, and I got to get all, I got to get her Japanese side to prepare, you know, I got to make a list. She's all like, you're going to try to kiss me. I says, no, I'm not. But every time it's the same conversation, she already knows what's going to happen. So she sits on my leg and I start grabbing her teeth and ass trying to kiss her. And then she's all like, will you just make the list that she likes it? Right. But then she's like, you know, it's a right. 60 second thing. Yeah. My wife does the same thing when we're driving. 
I try to kiss my wife when we're driving because we're alone in the car and it's a little bit romantic, you know, I try to kiss her and she shoves my hand away and she says, you know, right, rightfully though, she says, pay attention to the road. And I'm like, okay, you know, of course, of course she's right. But she does that anywhere else too. You know, if we're in the supermarket, if we're at home alone, listen, I got to go. This thing's going to run out. It's another episode of nothing specific with Japan pimp and uh, Trevor David Howe.